Yet when I sleep, I feel tears trickling down my cheek Come on, Stay strong, pride telling me move on My heart's fighting me, forcing me to hold on Yours forever, felt for you beyond measure Pure as ever, amazed by sins of treasure Welcome, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Wise Men Wrestling Podcast, starring the talent Sean, <laughs> the general manager Rod, and the DJ. It's such good shit, Ray Ray. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, we, that's how we started. So I was mentioning earlier in our um in our group text that now would be like now would be like such the perfect time for you guys to start the sports podcast. Yeah, no shit, right? Just because I mean, it was just it was just so much crazy sports news that like dropped this week. Um that it was just insane and I know you guys have like a lot of opinions. I didn't, you know, I'm not really the sports guy, but I know you guys will have a like so many different opinions and perspectives on what's happening in sports right now. I would love to hear it. I mean, if you want to sit back, we can take control of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is done that right out. <laughs> now it, it would be but, it would be cool to uh, to branch out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I would definitely say you, you guys can also. Um, it would be great for you guys to do a music one as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean we should we should. Uh, we should branch out a little bit. When we get a little bit more time, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. Let's get to episode 100. We're uh, <laughs> five episodes away. Yeah, we'll, we'll do one of those things. Like, you know how like you watch a TV show and they do like a pilot for another TV show inside the TV show? Yeah, like 50 Cent is doing right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the CW does with all their shows? Pretty, Pretty much. much. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, the typing would have just been perfect in, in such a rotten way. Because I don't think it matters if we had a sports podcast or a music podcast or a wrestling podcast. And unfortunately, the lead story will be the same for every type of podcast that we would do this week. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, we all know what's going on. So I, mean, I think just start with, like, how you feeling right now? Uh, I've felt horribly anxious the last 48 hours. Um, as a father of a nine-year-old, you, you hear the story and I think our biggest fear is, uh, as parents is, uh, burying our kids before we pass. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
it's it just elicits the, the crazy thoughts you know you, you sit around and you you get scared when you think that your nine-year-old is capable enough to walk home and you think of all the the horrible things that could happen on the way home you know you get a million and one uh just thoughts that grow through your head um and you can only imagine what was going through his mind he was so passionate about his family and what could have transpired in those last couple minutes knowing that he couldn't protect his own daughter um something that they've routinely done you know a simple helicopter and he's it's on record why he did the helicopter you know the tour the the, the rides back and forth because it, he just didn't want to miss any moments with his kids and this was one of those moments where he didn't want to miss it and as a father as a parent it's just scary um you feel for the mom because the mrs bryant is, just went through a postpartum they just had a baby in june and now that baby's going to be celebrating without a father on the first birthday coming up in a couple months is flying by quick like this it's just it's scary um I had initially just got back from brunch with my wife and uh, I was, that's kind of what the social media post was about today. Cause at first I posted a picture of her coat, you know, it was funny. It was like, Oh, I had, I had brunch with this beauty and there was nobody there. And then 10 seconds later, I get a text message at Kobe Bryant's dead. And it's not so much, you know, you, you see all this stuff that's going around and it's not so much, Everything that's um, all the you know, the misinformation that came out, the bad reporting. I mean, at one point we had Rick Fox and then all of Kobe's children aboard the, the helicopter. Um, it kind of made you step back, and in this instance, it made you just want to hold your family as close as possible. Uh, and as I'm saying it, I'm hugging my son. It was, it's, I mean, he's bigger than basketball. We know the scandal. We know, I mean, nobody's perfect. You know, um, we don't, we don't consider him a God. We don't sit him, we don't put the false idols. He was somebody that his determination and the love for his family was just ridiculously admirable, admirable. And, um, It's just a, it's a huge loss. I mean, you think about the cultural losses that we've had, like uh, Tupac, like Biggie, um, Nipsey. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a shock to the system. And Los Angeles as a whole has had to deal with that twice in less than a year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's tough. It's tough. It's not. It's not something. It's not. We didn't lose just a basketball player. I mean, we, we people around here. But it's just. Yo, I was I was third. I was fifteen when he got drafted in the thirteen when he got drafted in the league. I remember I got killed in a car accident. I had to be resuscitated, and I had six inch pins, and I can't tell you that watching him, I was in the alley. Probably as soon as I got those pins installed, I was playing basketball in the alley, <laughs> shooting Kobe. 
you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's that same thing, man. I had all the Kobe jerseys. I had all the shoes when he was growing up, you know, the crazy eights. Uh, it's just, it's shocking, man. It's uh, one of your childhood heroes, if you will. You know, and it's just all the negativity that's come around. You know, social media has made it. Can you imagine what it would have happened if we had social media? Like, if it was as prevalent at now as when we lost uh, Tupac and Biggie back in the day? Yeah, it would have been nasty. It would have been disgusting. It would have been disgusting, you know? Uh, you got a couple of comedians out there talking shit, saying that, oh, he got finally got what he was coming to him because of what happened in Colorado. You know, we'll never know. We'll never know what really happened. Uh, but I do know one thing, that that man's second act of his life was something to behold. He made the most of his opportunities. He made the most of spending time with his family. Uh, Promoting just everything, you know, for the culture, and we 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 say that a lot on this podcast that we are for the culture. And Kobe was definitely for the culture, recognizing that women are just as equal as men, and it doesn't. We don't need to have these separate conversations, you know. We saw the tenacity of his thirteen-year-old daughter when she said that I got this. When it comes to the legacy, you don't need a boy. I got this. Uh, it's it's just tough, man. It's just just disheartening you know i had a guy in work come in today in a kobe bryant jersey and his first pair of kobe's it's like you don't forget stuff like this no no it's it's just disheartening and it's tough but it's it's a dose of reality that a lot of people needed uh in his in his passing i believe that he's brought a lot of people together you know uh, and and I'm not. I'm sure that's something that we, he would have wanted to see while he was alive. But man, he he brought there was there was a lot of people. They, they said, "Fuck the Grammys. This is the house that Kobe built. We're gonna come and we're gonna come and pay respect." And you know, uh, kudos to the United Center for putting out that beautiful display of him overnight and leaving it there. And to all the NBA players that had to deal with it, you know, they lost their brother, they lost their mentor. Right. It was. I mean, he touched everybody. It wasn't just athletes, man. It was just regular people too. Look what he did a couple of weeks ago. There was a massive car pileup, and he's walking around consoling people, helping them out. He's a superhero. We don't superhero. get to know Superhero. I like that sound. I like that to be the bulk of his legacy. Yeah. Listen, I was I was in the movie. I was at the movies yesterday. Um, I finally got the chance to see Bad Boys. Phenomenal movie. Um, it was it was it was fun. <laughs> I saw it twice, so <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there. But um, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so you know, you know, customer, when I'm in the when I'm in the movies, I turn my phone off. Um, so I turn my phone back on once the movie is over. And I damn near lost my battery because of all the notifications that I was getting and um, all the texts that I was getting. And I just, you know, I couldn't. No way, you know, you see something like that, like, no, I'm not believing it. Like, no way. And then that's all the different news outlets are kind of coming in. 
and, and kind of reporting on it, it was just like, oh man, that's just really, this is really messed up. But when they identified his daughter as being in the, in the helicopter with him, that that's what it really struck me. Yeah, I'm I'm in the middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, sitting in the mall, and I just I can't move. Like I I think I even um, posted that on um, on Snapchat. Just like I just I can't move right now. Yeah, because I I just can't even imagine like those last few moments. Because you you would think like you know according to what you were saying like you would think like you know the the safest place for my child to be is with me. Yeah, you know, and what's well, just certain circumstances that you just can't protect people from. So I can only imagine how hopeless you know they must have felt in that in, in that situation. And then like more news is coming out, you know, the actual coach of the team, um, yeah, John Altabelli, yeah, was was on you know was on that on that helicopter as well. Yeah, one of she, um, one of the female coaches was on there too. Um, yeah, I, I forget her name. I'll pull it up out of respect. Um, yeah, it's just tough, man. There's so yeah, so so definitely that 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 shock to the system. Um, luckily for me, um, as far as my social media is concerned, I don't follow nasty people. So, I did, I was alerted up and didn't get a, get a chance to see any of that nastiness. Thank God. Um, I did kind of just stay away from social media for the rest of the day. I didn't want to watch TV for the rest of the day. Um, you know, I'm to the listeners. I, I'm, you know, I'm in Massachusetts right now on assignment for my job. So I did have dinner with, um, some of my workmates last night and, you know, you know, so I had a nice dinner. I came back home and just kind of just, you know, you know, saying so took the time to myself. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't watch the Grammys. I didn't watch any basketball games. I didn't watch the the World Wumble last night. Like I, I just kind of stayed away from all of it, and you know, say so I gave myself time to kind of process what you know what's going on and what you know, saying what the landscape's going to look like because it's just he was iconic. Yeah. And even though next week we're not going to really like most people are not going to be really talking about this because. We just live in this age where we kind of just move on, but like, is this a, this is a major debt in in American society. Period. Yeah, you know, like this is this is definitely going to be a major void. And even though he's not playing ball anymore, like everything that he was doing, you know, say off the court, and you know, say in his retirement, you know, I'm 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 still looking at that move that he made with you know. Uh, starting the um, the, the what's the hundred minute the that hundred million dollar fund? Yeah. Um, I'm still looking at what's going to happen with that. What moves is going to you know what come up come up with that? I'm st- I'm wondering what the next. I'm sitting here wondering what the next Kendrick Lamar album is going to sound like now with him having to do a tribute for both Nipsey and 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 Kobe. Uh, and Kobe. Like, <laughs> let me uh, let me uh, let me uh, name the the victims. Uh, out of respect for them. So we had Coach John Altabelli with his wife, Carrie, and their daughter, Alyssa. Uh, we had another fellow coach, Christina Mauser, uh, Sarah Chester, and her daughter, Peyton, and then the helicopter pirate, Ara Zobayan. Uh, Zobayan. So uh, rest in peace, rest in power. 
thoughts and prayers. I mean, God, how many times are we going to say stuff like this? You know? But I mean, we know that this is part of life, right? We're born yeah. with a time clock. We don't know when it's going to punch out for us. But if anything, we've learned that we need to uh, make the most of every single day. Well, I just want to thank Kobe, even though him being a Laker and me being a Chicago fan, <laughs> he was always the opposition. But um, sure, except for that one summer when he told us how to get our Bulls jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't tell you how quick I went to the store and got a custom Kobe jersey, <laughs> and then to find out that they we didn't want to trade Lou all day. <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> So, I, mean, I, I, I have to thank I have to thank Kobe for my hashtag because <laughs> because you're welcome. I say that in I say that in just all the time, and I use that on social media. I've been using it on social media since forever. Like you commercial, yeah, yeah. That's where it comes from. That was like I understood exactly what he was saying. <laughs> Are you a different animal and the same and the beast? Same beast? The same I got it. I got it. Kanye West didn't get it, but I got it. I completely understand. What the fuck are you talking about, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Those commercials were fantastic. That one and the Jalen Rose one. 81. He, he wanted 81 uh, olives in his pocket <laughs> martini. <laughs> oh, shit. Dang. It's tough, man. Especially with you guys. Being the father of daughters, it's, I mean, just a parent in general, but, I, you know, it's tough when it's a teenage daughter. Sean, you've uh, gone through it, <laughs> still going through it with the girls. True, true, true. And I think that's what, I mean, that's what hit me the most. I'm not, I'm not one to pretend as if Kobe's death hit me, um, unfortunately, because... You know, my life has numbed me to death. But um, when I heard his daughter died, oh, man, that that crushed me. Because literally the first thoughts when I think I got the text from you, Ray. And, yeah. And I was like, yo. And then I thought, you know, my immediate thoughts was like, man, his daughter's about to be a beast. You know, <laughs> and, um, you know, shortly later, uh, you know, heard about his daughter. And then her dad you know, was just like, oh. And then just hearing, the whole, yeah. hearing a whole story about why he was on a helicopter and all that kind of stuff, and um, you know, it, it, that that's just heartbreaking. I mean, in general, for any family, um, regardless of fame or whatever, um, you know, I I'm not gonna lie. Like I had love for Kobe. You know, I had a great respect for Kobe. Like. When it comes to players out of the post Jordan era, Kobe's the person I probably respect the most. Cause Kobe's one of those cats I always thought did it the right way. You know, he, you know, he used his leverage, and you know that's cool. Um, to get players on his team and stuff like that. That's you know Jordan did that. Other players have done that, but he wasn't you know like you know besides the one summer where he was gonna, you know, come to Chicago. Which I, think, I think that was leverage more than anything. Yeah, but I mean, but, <laughs> you know, I wish I still had that Chicago eight jersey I, I, I made. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
as, as I texted you guys yesterday, I respected Kobe the most because Kobe is one of the last athletes from you know basketball. But um, Kobe was the last athlete in my opinion that believed in what I call sports kayfabe. You know, fuck all this being friends shit and being on yachts and you know following each other on fucking Instagram and you know whatever shit like that. Fuck you, I'm gonna destroy you. <laughs> and I've always respected him for that. Like that's that's what I wanted out of my sports stars because that's that killer mentality that you know if you're from Chicago and you grew up with with Jordan. Jordan didn't care about Jordan wasn't trying to be friends with nobody, including people on his own damn team. He was trying to win. And that's just something I've always respected about Kobe and, and his post career is something that I was falling in love with. You know, winning an Oscar, like nobody even knew he was making movies. <laughs> yeah. So he won an Oscar. And then um just recently over the last several months, he was popping up at international sporting events like Wimbledon, um, promoting, you know, bringing, you know, tennis, you know, to inner inner city youth. He's doing the same with the World Cup, you know, and um, Premier League and golf. You know, he he was smart. Like, one of the things people do, I think, underestimate Kobe is how intelligent he was and how well-rounded he was. Like, he was a cat that knew multiple different languages, you know, didn't need no interpreter during interviews to flow different, you know, languages on the fly. You know, that those are, you know, that's just respect right there. And I know he was passing that on to his children. And it was, it's just, you know, he had had a, a, a full life, you know, but was still trying to make more of it, which is just amazing to me. So, you know, I tip my cap, you know, he deserves all the love he's getting. Anybody that wants to, you know, you know, spit some hate now, fuck you. That's all I gotta say. I mean, yeah. you had plenty of time to talk your shit. Um, that's when he was that, that that's, uh, that's, that, that's kind of stuff that pisses me off when people choose to um, come out of the woodwork, you know, when somebody passed, talk their shit, and throw their shots at people. And leave that shit alone, man. Like, really. You had all that time, you know, whatever you feel about what happened in Colorado, Facts remains is, you know, was he was he found guilty? No, and we need to start, you know, moving on from shit like that, you know, and thinking we're judges and juries of people, because we're not. Um, you know, we need to get off that shit real quick, because you know we're gonna miss out on something special. And I think those people that shut off Kobe after that, um, definitely missed out on something special. Um, near the last decade of his life and that's it you know prayers to his family prayers to Vanessa who is as ride or die as any wife we can compare to I'm sure there's a couple we could compare to but wherever that man went she was you know whatever that man did she was there she supported him she support you know was there with his family you know much respect Yeah, yeah, I'm here. It's just no, it's just you know. Let's talk wrestling, though. I'll I'll give you one thing though. Um, as we close out the uh, Kobe conversation, uh, if you guys know that Sengalese uh painter, that Boo Boo, if you go check his Instagram at Boo Boo Design underscore, 
the man just painted a picture of Kobe Bryant with a detachable backboard and rim. It's it's it's. I'll send it to the the group chat right now. So you can okay. see. It's it's beautiful, beautiful thing. Boss Logic got involved because he put, he posted a a wonderful picture of uh, Kobe, uh, you know, passing the baton, if you will, uh, the night before when uh, LeBron had passed uh, uh, passed him up in scoring career scoring, and the next day he he did a really touching tribute to uh, uh, him, uh, Kobe, and uh, Gigi, his daughter. So that being said, let's um. Continue on. Do we, uh, do we, so are we able to? Are, are we allowed to talk about the Rebels since you didn't watch it? <laughs> oh sure. I mean, I mean, I watched it on Twitter, but oh, okay. <laughs> he watched it on Twitter anyway. <laughs> he, he, he certainly watched the part where he asked for his paycheck. Yeah, let's let's hit the news first, and then we'll go in, in depth. Cool. So, um, Becky Lynch changes the culture. She has some things to say about using the word women's wrestling. Rod, you seen the news? What about this? So she, she was on um, WWE backstage. She was the guest this week. I was trying to pause this for a second here because I don't know if you guys are hearing that well. You're just hearing it through my mic, but um, she was on WWE backstage. Um, she was a special guest. She was sitting right in between Renee Young and CM Punk. Um, so that was that right there is just a good look for her, first of all, first and foremost. Um, and they, um, they don't say they asked her about how she felt, you know things were going in the, in the women's division and she kind of says the same things that we've been saying on this podcast for for a few episodes now that i have a uh, i have a direct quote if you would like me to read it go for it uh becky quoted it saying the best thing for the women's division right now is we eliminate the term women's it's now starting to hold us back we're now going this is the women's segment this is the women's thing why do we need that division we need people, we need characters, we need people looking for the main event spot, not the top woman spot, the top spot. What are people going to be, where are, what people, what are people doing to be the main event, to be on the covers of the video games, the cereal boxes, whatever it is. Gender shouldn't be an issue at this point. We're past making history. We've all made the, the history. Let's normalize it. And then, yeah, so um, yeah, she followed up on on Twitter because obviously they took that hot take and you know ran with it. Uh, when she said and she clarified her comments, uh, saying my comment about removing the word women from the conversation wasn't about renaming the division; it was about beginning to rethink it. I wasn't advocating for any change in title names or anything else like I'd have the power, but simply on an equal volume of opportunities that are based on skill and not gender. The term women can limit openings because phrases like there's already a woman's match on the show is still in wrestling's historical DNA. Facts. We know that. So Whereas, basically that second part was in response to NXT's um Yeah, they changed um, the title. Yeah, they yeah. changed the name of their title from the, the NXT women's title to just the NXT title. 
And kudos um, to them. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe it was a step in the right direction. I don't think it was a, a, mis a misunderstanding on their part. But, I mean, it's it's stuff like that, that, that where it has to kind of start, you know? For sure. Why not be the trailblazer rather than somebody that's following suit? Exactly. But, um, yes, laid on the line, and I just... I'm just impressed with the fact that here is a show that presumably not too many people pay attention to outside of like real diehard WWE fans. Mm -hmm. And yes, something that she says on this show, like, and you know, elicits a response like less than 24 hours. It should. It shows you that, uh, I mean, if Triple H is truly calling the shots, that he's not fucking tone deaf. No. And, no, and, and, and we never. You know, so outside of a few, you know, um, outside of a few like little mishaps here and there with him kind of making jokes and comments that he shouldn't be making, right? Um, we already know that Triple H has his ear, you know, saying ear to the ground, so to speak, and is really paying attention to the feedback that his that you know what he does and what his product does. Yeah. Well, don't, so forget, not, don't forget, Triple H has four daughters. Yeah, there's that too. He recognizes the importance of this conversation. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how serious this is. Um, these comments are going to be taken going forward, especially on the main product. But I do appreciate the fact that Becky Lynch does have this platform. Being the yeah. being being the um, being the Raw Women's Champion, and not just using it to you know, like you know. She, she knows that she fought her way to this point. That she she basically PR'd her way and created her created her way to this point. And it's good to see that even if they want to control what she says on Twitter or who she beats with next, that you know she's still going to take her little shots here and there. Wherever she gets a little elbow room, and she's going to you know talk about what needs to be talked about. So I do appreciate her for that. And I really do hope it makes a difference. I really do hope it makes a difference. And we we talked about that though. It's going to take superstars of her caliber, of her status, to buck the trend, to lead the charge. And we've we've complimented the the division for uh, leading the own charge because they were the ones that pushed for it. You know, credit to you guys. You guys started. You know, we we gave them their flowers that they pushed to have the main event at WrestleMania. They pushed to have tag team titles that were overdue. You know, and no more with the lingerie bullshit. Let's have, you know, you have some ridiculously good athletes out there that can showcase and that can do some things. They don't need to be mired in these dumb storylines or these, it, it, it's just absurd at this point. Let them do their thing and they can go out there and impress the entire world. And kudos to Becky for Standing up on that soapbox and going ahead and championing the cause. And so as long, so as long as Becky has a clean history and she's never used the N word before, this should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Still have to say our prayers on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got. We, we're we're hopeful with abated breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's crazy and it's true because you know somebody's probably digging through some shit right now. You, you know what's happening right now to try to to try to peak, continue to put 
people down, people of color, people of different gender, people that don't conform to gender. It's it's always something, but Becky, you better be fucking clean. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, mad respect to Becky Lynch. That's yeah. fantastic. And kudos to Triple H and his team for not being tone deaf and immediately making the change because you know what the, that women those women in the NXT division absolutely deserve it. They do. And we're going to talk about that with that women's division in NXT a little bit later when we talk about the Rumble. For sure. Because boy, <laughs> was I was I happy? Okay. Uh, what I saw. Um, just a few more details about the AEW TV deal extension. Um, that I found out over 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 the past week. Um, okay. A few more interesting numbers. Um, um, what we're looking at with in terms of AEW, they're actually sometime in the year 2020 with the new TV deal that they have, it's actually going to make the company profitable before the end of this year. Oh, wow. So we're not waiting five years. We're not playing five years in the red and then going into, you know, before we're hoping that something happens for them. They're actually going to be making money. It actually, if, if we go by the numbers, um, I'm mad I don't have my notebook with me because I actually did some of the math. Okay. Um, but I think I'm, I think we're looking at their earnings somewhere in the ballpark of like maybe a quarter million to half a million. Um, let me let me let me not say any of those numbers because I don't have my notebook in front of me. Um, but they will be turning a profit before the end of the year. Um, even even though that with the new deal, uh, they will be covering their own expenses in terms of recording and broadcasting. So it looks like TNT was covering those expenses before. Okay. Uh, but with the with the new deal structure, even with them covering their own their own production, they're still going to turn a profit. And the four year deal is worth one seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, so I, that's, that's phenomenal. I think, I, I think it broke down to like forty five million a year. Yeah, just under forty five uh, a year. Yeah. So my, option year. Yeah, but minus what they had to pay out for expenses. Um they were they were looking at they were sitting somewhere between twenty two and twenty three million a year in profits. That's not bad. So not bad at all. more 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 good news for them. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then after they said after the new show begins, the Wednesday night tapings, uh, they're gonna be it's gonna be essentially four hours per week of the product on live TV, which which gives them exactly what we were hoping for more time for them to feature more talent across the board. So kudos to them. That's a hell of a deal. Hell of a come up. So uh, I would say unless you're in the in the podcast and business like us, or you're just a super nerd, you don't have to be exhausted by all the wrestling that's happening. You just gotta. Just gotta pick your pony at this point. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so let's transition uh, to keep it on AEW for a second about uh, ITV. Uh, just to tie it in kind of nicely there. Uh, ITV shut down, which was where uh, AEW was getting their international uh, broadcasting. For their start, uh, they shut down, but Fight TV jumped right in um, and basically presented a deal to host uh, AEW shows for five ninety nine per month, not per week, per month, um, 
which I think is an interesting dynamic just in general when it comes to wrestling. Um, because there are other services out there like independent wrestling uh, TV that has something like this, but I can see others who don't have TV deals or major TV deals, you know, like the ROHs of the world and stuff like that, kind of using this as a future model um, to get their shows out to more faces, but still kind of check on it. New Japan. <laughs> That too, definitely. Please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fight Fight TV is is turning into a place to watch wrestling in general now. Um, it it does combat sports in general, but they they definitely have taken full advantage of every opportunity. They have taken advantage of um, New Japan's and ROH's uh, pay per views, but you know this is just another step, and AEW just. People just want to be friends all the way around, which I love. You know, this mm-hmm. is what I want to see in 2020, just people wanting to be friends with each other, you know, in wrestling. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of what, um, you know, I think Gerard has mentioned on the case, uh, case as it relates to music. You know, people just looking at each other like, yo, I'm making money. You making money. Let's make a song and make more money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, the more we see of that in, in wrestling, the the only the major winner is the fans, um, you know, and, and and this is just another step in that direction, you know. It's just I, I'm encouraged by it because the ITV thing could have been a bad thing for AEW, but then like instantly, I mean, I think it was like an hour later, Fight TV was like, oh no, we'll take that. Fight <laughs> hey, TV just saw what they it's opportunistic. They just saw what they were able to accomplish with getting a five year extension before their first year of official. Uh, on television, so they they're striking while the iron is hot. So why not? So would you say would you say that Fight TV is the edge oh, of independent yeah. wrestling? Oh. <laughs> Give that man his money. Uh, uh. Why are we here on Why are we here on streaming services? I we we should talk about something funny that we probably didn't get a chance to talk about last week. Real quick, do you know what's going on with TNA? Well, not TNA. Do you know what's going on with Impact Wrestling? This thing with Twitch TV. Because it is hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the good thing is you could not watch them on Twitch right now because they're officially suspended still. <laughs> thanks, thanks to Rob Van Dam living his best life in, in front of everybody. So what I understand, that's his girlfriend and his girlfriend's girlfriend. No, his wife. His wife has a girlfriend. Oh, so they are married? I thought that was just his girlfriend. I, I think, well, I don't know. He says, he's on, on every other media, he says wife, but I could be wrong. You know how we play that game, but... Right, 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 right. I mean, to me, there's a difference between a wife and a wifey, and I understand what wifey is, so... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I... <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's weird because Impact Wrestling supposedly has an actual pin deal with 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 twitch yeah in terms of broadcasting and you know now <laughs> but they still have to follow the rules apparently yeah I mean, and, and it's funny because it's like you, you would think somebody impacts but like so rob so um rob what are you gonna do in this segment that you're gonna do? <laughs> 
And you're, you know, it's, it's like you always say, Gerard, there's got to be someone smarter in the room be like, it has to be. <laughs> it has to be because everybody probably saw. I mean, that obviously that was pre-taped and it's pre-cut. So that means that he did hand it off to somebody and they were just like, yo, we can't wait to get this on. Not thinking that they're cutting themselves off. Um, because you really can't watch Impact anywhere unless you live somewhere special. <laughs> well, now they're on, they're on Access now, right? Yeah, but I mean, Access is one of those channels that you pay for after your basic and after your basic, basic cable package. <laughs> it's like your basic plus package. <laughs> so Twitch, Twitch was obviously like the, the better alternative, especially if you're a core cutter. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just—it's just funny. It's just funny and it's hilarious that they're just sweating in, in Twitch jail, and even a company like Access, you know, saying can't get past the terms and conditions of Twitch. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? I, I don't know. I mean, we we celebrate Impact for what we we know for a while. Impact is trying some new things, throwing a whole bunch of spaghetti on the wall to see who what sticks. Some of it's gonna fall flat. You know, this is one example. The other example is bringing back one of the worst storylines ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I admit, when the Aces and Eights thing first started, I mean, first started on, you know, TNA, I was intrigued. I was like, okay, this is the whole invasion thing. It's done differently. Okay. But the as it played out, it was trash. Everyone thought it was trash. <laughs> it literally pretty much ended Hulk Hogan and era in TNA. Mm -hmm. Yet we thought it was a good idea to bring this back <laughs> for a one night special. Like, like no, we it, don't do this. We don't. No, no. It killed it for me. I mean, they just had a great episode where they kind of did like this old throwback thing. Where they had like the women out there acting like the the four horsemen, and like I thought that was awesome. So I thought maybe that this whole TNA revival would be the same thing. But but then, because, because because obviously you're not going to get AJ Styles to come back. You're not going to get a lot of people to come back. And and that's the part of this that you know make you scratch your head even more. Mm -hmm. You know they announced we're going to have Ken Anderson and D'Lo Brown from Aces and Eights, and, and the wrestling world is looking around at each other like who asked what. <laughs> Why? We didn't ask for that. Did you ask for that? Fuck you. If you asked for that, you know, no <laughs> one asked for that. You know, you know, Ray's not walking through that door. You know, Devon's not walking through that door. No. Like, like, you know, definitely no Jeff Hardy and Taz aren't working through that door. Why are we doing this? What 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 are we doing? Like, <laughs> Why? <laughs> are, are we looking for a way to fill Rod Van Dam's? Spot now that he's been banned on Twitch or something, you know. <laughs> I, I got, I got. I, don't know. I mean, TNA has again put out some very good product, you know, over the last few months. They've experimented with a couple things. Like I said, some of it worked. Like that throwback show was fun, but this, I again, there's got to be someone in the room to like, nah, that's stupid. Let's not do that. <laughs> They don't, have, they don't have anybody smart in those rooms. No. Um, God, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, um, 
we do want to just give a moment of respect to, um, should I say, a quiet pioneer in um, independent wrestling, and his name is uh, Justice Payne. Um, he was one of the original members of CZW. For those who don't know, CZW kind of picked up the ball that ECW left on the ground in 2001 and has produced some of your our favorite stars. It was, you know, where Leo Rush, you know, got his pop, you know, John Moxley, CM Punk. Um, Joey Janela. Joey Janela. Uh, from a local standpoint, Ricky... Um, Ricky Shane Page. My boy. Um, you know, if you want to know why John Moxley and Kenny Omega had a 45-minute death match on a pay-per-view, pull up some CZW matches, and you'll find out. There's an audience for this kind of wrestling. I like it. You know, I'm, I'm from an ECW, you know, mark. I'm not going to lie. Um, but can also understand why others don't. Um, he was one of the original five, just like crazy as hell, um, you know, and building this brand up from nothing, um, and now, you know, being kind of a farm, uh, for some of the more hardcore, you know, wrestling that we have out here now. Um, and they're still going strong out in, uh, the Philly area, which is awesome. Um, and a small fact, which is interesting. His name is Derek Younger. He is a rest- he is a referee for NXT. He's a skinny guy. Look mm-hmm. him up when you can. That gentleman, who is a referee now, is the longest reigning CZW champion ever. He had a reign of 567 days. Wow. Which is unmatched in um, CZW. In fact, there's a lot of people that we know of whose combined reigns don't add up to that. So, you know, just while we're focusing on Justice Payne because he unfortunately passed away this weekend, um, you know, shout-outs in general to brands like CZW who don't get enough talk um, in the world of wrestling as it relates to where our stars are coming from these days. So, tip of the cap to them. And Justice Payne as well. Recipes of Justice Payne. Prayers to all his family, friends, and the fans. Um, I'm tired of wrestling martyrs. We can, we can. Wrestling what? Martyrs. Oh, yeah. right. We can, we, we can take a break from that, please. Pretty much. But Rey Mysterio may have figured out a way to get on the wrestling card. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, it'll be a fucking pre-show. Not this. I don't think this would. Um, okay. I'm just saying. I from a historian of wrestling, I don't think so. Um, basically, Rey Mysterio has pitched to the McMahon's of a mask versus hair match at WrestleMania with Andrade for the is it U.S. title they have now? Yep. He's pitching the wrong person. He's, he he should be pitching Charlotte Flair to see if he she's okay with him if he loses it and loses that illustrious hair. <laughs> well, hell, I, well, I know that would be a proper.
first step, boy. It's it's a joke. We know, it, we, we know how this match is going to end if they have it. Right. We know Rey Mysterio is at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And he's smart enough to know what a WrestleMania moment him taking off his mask at WrestleMania would be a WrestleMania moment. Regardless of where you put the match. That's why I don't think you're going to have it in a pre-show because it's a WrestleMania moment. Um, I just find it interesting that someone like Rey Mysterio, of all people, this is the way he can get on a WrestleMania card at this point. We know the thing's going to be 12 hours long, so... Right. <laughs> um, I'm just interested in, 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 real quickly... Like, what your thoughts on this are? Knowing Luchador, you know, the history of Luchador and the importance of taking off your mask. Um, I, before, because he has. So, like, well, and, and, I mean, well, I mean, that's that's what it is for me. Been there, done that. <laughs> that's, yeah. That. yeah, that's, and I kind of feel that way as well. While I also think there is an entire generation of fans who don't know that history. Mm-hmm. And probably aren't gonna go back and find it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking more on the terms of I'm how good more of a ultimate passing of the torch type situation. Yeah, and also I'm thinking more in terms of Andrade Cien Almas. Um, this is just a guy who, even the good stories that you hear about him in the locker room and, and his relationship with McMahon that people still don't get and people still don't understand. We, this company has had the quote unquote Hulk Hogan or the quote unquote John Cena of, of every promotion yep. and has not treated them well. And we're, st- we're still due for this conversation about Asian wrestlers in the WWE because mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it ties into this. But at least with Andrade Cianamas, he has had so many people fight on his behalf. Um, from, from, um, it was probably one of the lucid moments that, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, I, I'm, I'm tired of drawing blanks. But, you know, my point being, I mean, so many different people have, you know, saying stuck up for him. Um, was Zelina Vega coming into the company and kind of choosing to work with him? Mm-hmm. Because she saw, you know, saying, Things were being misunderstood, mistook, and probably, you know, what I'm saying was one of the driving force in terms of him like not leaving the company. Cool. Back when he was in, back when he was in NXT, and you know, and 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 you don't want to really like you. You kind of have to. You you kind of have to safely assume that with him having that relationship with Charlotte Flair, that that's also been you know a driving force as well. Mm-hmm. Just somebody else, you know, that's really do speak good of him. Um, in, ter- in, ter- in terms of his hard work and, you know, what he really truly is and what he truly means to to the sport and, and this level of entertainment. And now you have a legend like Rey Mysterio who's willing to come into the company and, like, I want to I wanna work with that guy. You know? And I'm looking at this from a very interesting standpoint, especially if, indeed, Rey Mysterio is doing this as a passing of the torch type situation. Andrade has been endorsed by all these people. Right. Yet, the highest he has gotten is basically this pre-show from last night. You know, I mean, he's gotten a couple matches, but I'm just saying, in general, Mm -hmm. you know, he hasn't gotten that ultimate push. 
and it seems like everyone that touches this guy is, you know, trying to do whatever they can to get him to the next spot. And that's why I feel like this is the ultimate, you know, gift from Mysterio to him. I can literally see this match ending with, like, Mysterio taking off his mask and handing it to Andrade in the ring. Like, it's yours now. Like, do something with it. And, like, if it doesn't work past that, I don't know what will. You know, I mean, he's been told to learn English. I, You know, he's done a few more promos, which is, you know, good. He's literally marrying the female John Cena. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the only other thing he could do is pull a Triple H and marry one, you know, marry Stephanie or something. Like, I didn't. I just don't know. Like, it, I I feel a certain way about this because I feel like Ray Mysterio shouldn't have to take off his mask to get this guy shine, and that's why I feel like this is this match. You know, hurt. it doesn't hurt me, but it gives me a certain feeling inside. Right. But that's it. It's, I mean, I mean. I mean, no, I mean, you're right, and I kind of feel you. It's like we're, we're still, everybody is still trying to basically has to bow down to the ultimate master. Mm-hmm. And this company has gone out their way to prove how much they're not a wrestling company. While, while, it's, it, while it's employing all of these professional wrestlers to do, kind of do their bidding, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, it's like I said, it, it is, it's, it's like a, a bittersweet thing. We know that this is going to get them on a WrestleMania card, most likely. We know that this is going to be a great moment for Andrade C. Anonymous, most likely. But, you know, so the links that, you know, you have to go, the things you have to kind of kind of put for you, I mean, you literally, he's literally putting his culture on the line just to, just to create a great moment and, and help propel somebody's career because the machine is not properly getting behind him like they should. Correct. Um, this, man, this man has put off amazing match after amazing match. Insanely, insanely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who he works with. Just insane. Yeah, it's not about the matches with them. No. But it's okay. You know, Ray Mysterio will do this good deed out, out on his way out. And, you know, say he'll fool, he'll fool them in retirement and show up at someone else's company. He's not done. <laughs> He's not done. He's definitely going to NWA after this. That would be amazing. That would be fun. That'd be funny, though. Speaking of NWA, we had a paper. Hard time. It's one that I have to go back and look at to appreciate how, like, the matches actually went. But there was definitely a few great great moments and great surprises um, in this pay-per-view. Shout out to Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is now the NWA Women's Champion. Yes. Shout out. Well deserved. Well fought for. About damn time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know they, they how much they appreciate her. You know, said so they did the little mini documentary on her um her first in, uh, MMA fight, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a company kind of take investment, and you know, send some of their superstars. It only helps them tell a better better story. You know, saying when things like this happen, you know, mm-hmm. we can all see like you know, saying how she got to this point and that she deserves it because of the standard third, even though she is playing 
a heel character. It's like it was inevitable because you can see you can see her value, and that's thanks. That's just all thanks to W um to NWA, um, and how they propel her for um Ricky Starks. It's the guy I'm, I'm pretty excited about winning the television championship. And not only that, but seeing the overwhelming support of former television champions, you know, say kind of proving them bringing this title back, having this tournament that culminated in this very in this very moment. Um, trip, um, um, on Double A, Arn Anderson has some very kind words to say about NWA bringing this back in and, and who they chose to be the champion at this point. Um, in a situation where you, we've easily seen people in the same position be very bitter. You know, saying when they feel like the company's not doing something right, you know, saying it's just good to see that everybody's kind of on board. And it, that's the only works more either or they either works that even works more well in NWA's part because they're trying to be everybody's friend and everybody wants to be their friend. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> um, like I said, with everything else, I have to go back and actually look at the matches to see. And that's why I just kind of put this on a quick hit because it did happen on Friday, um, and I believe it's still available through through you guessed it, Fight TV. <laughs> so if you want to check it out, I think is I think it'd be worth I think it'd be worth my while. I think it'd be worth your while too. So put on a list of things to watch this week if you haven't checked that out. Um, I, I feel like what they do on the show we on a weekly basis kind of culminates to these pay per views. And whereas the the shows are more about promos and you know everything that happens in between, these shows are really all about the wrestling. This is really where it comes out, and that's what that's what I like to see. Like you don't have to give it all to me during a week, and you know you got to worry about people getting injured and getting fatigued, and you know so all these other things. Save it for the save it for the pay per views. That's exactly what it's for. <laughs> Also, um, brief mention of Worlds Collide, which happened on Saturday, NXT Worlds Collide. And that had a couple of great moments in there as well. Yeah, that was a, that was a really good uh, that was a really good show from beginning to end. Yeah. NXT NXT um shows never let us down. No. <laughs> and I'm glad that this was uh it was essentially kind of like a mini takeover, was it not? Yeah. Uh, Consider, and then they're showcasing the UK talent, which is something that we've said on this podcast needs to happen. And, uh, yeah. Would, I, I, I really would like to have seen this overseas, to be completely honest, in front of the UK crowd. Because can you imagine what that uh, Ilya versus Bella fight kind of pop that would have gotten? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, I mean, overall, it was super solid. Uh, it felt different because you didn't hear Morrow's voice in it. Because he was uh, off commentating for a shitty boxing on Showtime that night, <laughs> and when I tell you it was shitty, it was shitty. Yeah, so Marvel uh, probably only good on that show, right? Yeah, and, and uh, it was tough because it's like I I switched over and I was like, man, where the, where the hell is Marvel? I was like, and I was looking, is is there anything like on Bellator or something like that? Mm-hmm. And no, Showtime boxing, Danny Garcia struggling to beat a guy who. Isn't really that good, but is calling out another champion. So go fuck yourself, Danny Garcia. Um, but no, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, fuck that Imperium and Undisputed Era match was. <laughs> that was a load of fun. 
those chops. I, I, I think I, I want to say. I think I'm going to save a conversation that we probably need to have about Walter next week. Yeah, we need to give up. In, in terms of what he's hoping happens with him and his character and the reality of that because of the company that he works for. <laughs> I think I need to invest in a sound bar for the TV just so I can re rewatch all the slaps. The oh, my God. Slap. Because it doesn't do any justice on like noise-canceling headphones or on your iPhone or Android, wherever you get your, your, oh, God. Well, you know what else doesn't do Walter any justice? Survivor Series. Yeah. That kind of blew a lot of the steam away. <laughs> and another thing I want to stop hearing from people is why wasn't Walter in the Rumble? Uh, we didn't need him. Walter, Walter, it does Walter no good being in the Rumble. Yeah, especially especially with the with, with how it happened last night. Yeah. Do you really want Walter? I mean, because they came off looking incredibly strong for the first time in a full calendar year. The undisputed era looks extremely vulnerable. Correct. And to to have thrown away that heat that they had at the end of the night, standing strong at the at the in the ring and at the top of the ramp, that would have been that would have been exactly what like Gerard just said about the Survivor Series. For what? We don't need that. No, not not at all. I will say this about NXT's World Collide, and I, something I hope they work on for future shows. They need to add stakes to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only thing that I have. If I felt the action in the ring was amazing, you know the matches were great, but afterwards you felt like, okay, that's it. You know, you felt like you watched great wrestling, but there were no stakes involved. You know, and I don't know what stakes you can add to something like that. I don't. But you have to give me or build it up better. Where there's, you know, you know, stories leading up to it, better stories. Should I say? I just say, like, if it's an exhibition, that's fine. But holding it on Royal Rumble weekend and replacing a takeover for it, you're gonna have to add some stakes for people to best in it. Yeah, it can't just be a cross-brand promotion because it's just yeah. you. You essentially get that every month from the the quote-unquote uh, main brand. So Correct. it would be it would be like you said. It would be it would be. I I do agree with you on that. Put some put a little something on it to make it extra spicy to grab more attention than just the average fans that are watching it because there should have been a takeover this weekend. Happy with how you know we get into it. You know NXT was represented dur during the Royal Rumble, but I just felt like it, the weekend in general missed the takeover. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, going forward, doo -doo 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 -doo. Rod, how many great things is Mustafa Ali doing off TV versus on? Right now we're at twenty. <laughs> 20. 2022 for the year. Yeah. Of great things. Do you have a diagram to share with a PowerPoint presentation? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. I appreciate Mustafa Ali's optimism because he just seems like an optim optimistic guy and anything that he does and just appreciates the opportunity that he has. This time last year, we were sending him to WrestleMania before he got injured. This year, he, he's not even in a Royal Rumble. He hasn't been on SmackDown for several weeks. No. 
on television. He's been there before television starts. Consistently putting out the tweet. Um, that's it. Stealing the show before the show. Stealing the show before the show. Yeah. Come on, man. I, I got I got nothing for you, man. I I can't. The only thing I can use to explain it is the old adage: "We ain't got nothing for you." They ain't got no storyline for them. And until they can come up with one, this is kind of that strange time of year um, in W. It's, I say especially WWE, where if you're not part of the main one of the main storylines, you might as well sit at home for six months, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, so I hope it changes for him because you know he's obviously putting in the work. Um, I mean, he's obviously going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, whatever. But, you know, in general, yeah, it, I mean, he's just been underused as an understatement. So I really don't know the right word. But if he keeps grinding like that, like, he's going to find something special. And I don't know how long his contract is. But if WWE doesn't find a way to use him, someone else is going to. It's exactly. Exactly. Um, in the meantime, we could also subscribe to his YouTube channel, Mali Academy of Pro Wrestling, where he's showing people uh, different grappling and takedown maneuvers. Um, remember that uh, Daniel Bryan used to do this as well, and they took that channel away from him. How dare they? So I do wish him the best of luck. Um, in all his endeavors, and um, shout out to the freelance crew because he's working with them on his um, YouTube channel as well. But uh, come on, man. I will ask you this. I will ask you this, Gerard. Yes. All right. If we had not known Mustafa Ali from freelance wrestling, would we be feeling this way? I would. Okay. Absolutely. You can even make him not from Chicago and I still would be feeling this way. Um, that, I feel like our connection with freelance and knowing that, you know, he's working with the freelance crew and, and stuff to that effect. So I'm gonna so, so I'm gonna tell you right I'm gonna tell you right now. Even with everything in place, I wasn't really all that impressed with his performance in in the Cruiserweight Classic. Okay. He, I, to, he didn't really stand out to me like he stood out to everybody else. Okay. Um. So I'll give you that. So so and. The amount of attention that we all paid at 205 Live, like, it didn't really hit me until he had that match with Cedric Alexander at um, at WrestleMania. Okay. Just exactly how great he is. And then from that point on, just the consistency of any time you see him in the ring, um, and his moveset and the way that he bumps around and, and, and everything to that effect, um, yeah, he has a nice finisher, but, like, you know, saying so the meat and potatoes of his matches are great. The promos are getting better. You know, then he started doing the video vignettes on his on his um on, on his social media. So it was real easy for me to be. I mean, it's like it's just like you know, Jason Jordan's from Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's nice. You know, <laughs> but I mean, it's not really saying much in terms of what he's done on the main roster. You know, and now, and now that we know he's not there anymore because of injury, like that's over. You know what I mean? But it's like with Mustafa Ali is is something different. He does have something. And 
I'm afraid that something that he has is, is just something that the WWE. I don't want to say they're not interested in it, but they just don't have. They don't know what to do with it. You want to have a good feud? Put him in the ring with Andrade and Amos post on WrestleMania. Bruh. Come on, man! Come on! What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we, we talking do, about for real? We do have to give him credit. He got his full name back though from WWE. Yeah, yeah, he did. I don't think we ever talked about this, and this shit happened in November. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate the fact that he's the first cruiserweight that they saw fit to put on the main roster. Um, but man, you cannot. This is one. This is this is one of those mistakes. We have not heard news related to Mustafa Ali and contracts. No. But look how, but look how great of an ambassador he's being for the WWE in terms of these race relations with like him and his his background. You know. Him being a former cop, like come on, man. I mean, he's he's just he's just he's just as good as um Titus O'Neil in this role. The stuff he's never done anything wrong. It writes itself. Come on, man. Like, 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 give him give him his spot back. He got injured last year. You know that was his spot. Give his spot back. He's working his ass off, and he's he, come on. <laughs> it just it just it's. It's pissing me off right now. That's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you can do with him at this point. But man, you could have been doing something to prepare him for now. Yeah. Because you're looking yeah. at what he was doing last year around this time. Come on. Come on. All right. And now we're into. And, and I'm sorry. Just <laughs> one more thing. Now we're in. We're now we're into this. We're, we're into the to to the season where we're bringing back old guys so they can be on rest on WrestleMania. And as happy as I am for Edge to be back, you know, saying somebody who you really don't trust in the ring because of the, the surgery <laughs> that he had on his neck, versus somebody who's healthy. Like, come on! I don't know if you, you guys saw doing this. You I don't know if you guys saw that in regards to Edge, though. Uh, when Styles gave him a little suplex, he uh, he supported his head on the way down. Yeah, he supported his own head on the way down. And now, now AJ Styles is injured. Yeah, AJ Styles is hurt. Yeah, I heard that. So it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. there, goes that, there goes that OC now. Now, tis the season where, uh, where Carl and uh, Luke end up going home for a few months because they don't have a plan for them. No. Not without AJ. So. Revival, don't sign that contract. Straight. Oh, they're not, man. Don't sign that contract. Go, go, go! Give us the match that you guys promised us with the Young Bucks. I don't even give a shit if it's a one, one-off deal. I just want to see that. I just want to see it. Just more. Here, 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 here. In my, in my wishful book, my wishful booking promise for 2020: Young Bucks versus the Revival on the boat January next year. Mm. Mm. And guess who's there? And guess who's there too? <laughs> Who's looking up? Uh, what's what's the what's the other guy from? Um, fuck, why can't I'm trying to fucking blank him. What's that? Eric Rowan, but the other one. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. <laughs> Luke, Luke Harper's uh, the captain of that boat. <laughs> uh, he's he's waiting for that ninety day night complete so he can go go elsewhere, greener pastures.
So as we transition fully into the rest of the Royal Rumble, um, I wanted to touch base, touch on an interesting event that happened that no one, not many people are talking about, and that's with reason. Um, but from a wrestling YouTube perspective, is intriguing. And that is, uh, Wrestle Talk is a pretty prominent um, YouTube channel for wrestling. Uh, based in the UK, which it seems like all or most of wrestling YouTube is based in, which is weird, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> it's, it's like all those uh, those movie explanations for Marvel are like in, in the UK. I was like, well, I get it, you're a day ahead, but shit, <laughs> say the spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, um, just to paint this picture. Um, so every year they do, every major pay-per-view, they do what they call Wrestle Ramble, which is where they fantasy book the pay-per-view between them, which is fun. You know, we've done it ourselves and stuff like that. Uh, but this time they had a guest, and his name was Adam Blomplay. Now, most people maybe here in this podcast who are from the States or not familiar with wrestling Twitter, I mean, wrestling YouTube history may not know that name. But, and this is my humble, not-so-humble opinion, if there is a Mount Rushmore of wrestling YouTube, Adam Blomplay's face is on it. Adam Blomplay's is responsible for Walt Culture, Cultaholic, Defiant Wrestling. And I'll explain. Back when Walt Culture was just a list site that just had a bunch of lists. If you listen very hard, you Sorry. Sorry. Um he and a small group of guys started making skits and small TV, sh you know, whatever shows on YouTube under the World Culture name. This blew up. They went from like 10,000 to a million followers within six months. They were doing skits. They had their own factions. They were doing watch-alongs. This was stuff that most people weren't doing on YouTube at the time. While he wasn't the only person there, he was, how I say, their Ric Flair to the Four Horsemen, their Adam Cole to the Undisputed Era. While not the only person there, definitely the strongest personality. From that, they created World Walt Culture Pro Wrestling, which became Defiant Wrestling. They created this off a YouTube show for Walt Culture. This wrestling organization, which was in like some bank, not even a banquet hall, like a warehouse somewhere in the UK, hosted Cody's first match out of um, independent. It hosted, I think, Rey Mysterio versus Will Ospreay for the first time. It was a common place for a, sh a short period of time where, um, excuse me, where independent wrestlers from the U.S., when they got their release or whatever the case may be. That was Rio. 
Um, Cody, um, Rey Mysterio. I mean, there's a list. I mean, of people. Um, they came. Um, the Hardys, right? The Hardys as well. Yeah, they held their belts before. Yeah. This was like the first place that they would go because they were given a live mic and being able to, being able to tell, say whatever the hell they wanted in front of an audience. To the success of that, the what they called the Walt Culture Four, four people, Adam Blompley included, branched off and created Cultaholic. This is where things get interesting. One week before Cultaholic is set to launch as a channel and a website, Adam Blompley has his Me Too moment, where multiple women, and this is all true, this is not He's admitted to this. It is what it is. Multiple women came out stating that he was taking advantage of them, you know, using his fame to, like, you know, get them to say and do certain things online that were inappropriate. Um, and rightfully so, he left Cultaholic and kind of just went into this self-imposed exile. Um, he came back, like, six months later to basically shoot a video saying that, you know, please stop harassing the women who came out against me. It's all true. It's not their fault. It's my fault. And then again, disappeared again. This is his first appearance. And I just find this very interesting because A, it introduces the concept of redemption if the, and asks, is this possible? And frankly, you know, the whole situation of why he left the side, wrestling, wrestling YouTube and the wrestling community is better served with Adam Blomley in it. I can't really describe, uh, I, I guess Ric Flair would be a good example where like wrestling in general, it's just better with Ric Flair around or something like that. Um, but it's just a very interesting case to see him coming back and a uh, show like Wrestle Talk embrace him back in the fold. So that's all I wanted to say on that. I mean, it's not something we really cover around this area, but if you're getting into the branches of the wrestling world, especially from a UK scene, it's a very much talked about moment that happened over the weekend. You guys can wake up now over there. Uh, I mean, well, in his case, I wish him, I wish him the best. I yeah. really do. I mean, if he if he if he admitted to what he was doing is wrong, he's truly sorry for it, and you know, said he put his career on the line. You know, said, and out of respect of those women that he, you know, those 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 women that he disrespected and harmed. Um, you know, so I don't see why it's not. It wouldn't be appropriate after a certain amount of time for him to, you know, I mean, people haven't been have, people have been forgiven for less. Yeah. You know, and at least he's not walking around with a walker pretending he's fucking paraphernalia like he's on his de deathbed like Weinstein right now as he's about to face his, face his uh, accusers and all his problems as at least he owned up to it and he uh, even though he didn't show any respect he showed some respect by asking them not to uh, attack the women the accusers so Yeah
It's, it's hard to compliment somebody for being a standard guy when he was a fucking monster for so many. But you wish him well. Yeah. You wish him well. Now on to the rumble. All right. Now on let's, to the rumble. Let's 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 break it up into the good, the bad, and the ugly. So what was the good? We'll start with you, Sean. You still there? <laughs> All right, we'll go with you, Rod. <laughs> the, the verdict might be out for Sean. <laughs> yeah. Um, the good. Let's start with the good. Well, like I said, I didn't watch the show, but from what I saw on YouTube, um, yeah, I was I was pretty uh, impressed with uh, some key performances. I I will say for me, I'm super proud of Bianca Belair. Fuck, she she was outstanding. Even Claire was going at her. She holy shit. <laughs> she had opportunity and she she took full advantage of it. And I I hope that and it parlayed. It, it parlayed into a uh, at the port. Is it Portland? The next takeover. Mm-hmm. She has a championship match against Rhea Ripley. So I hope people are taking notice. I hope the right people are taking notice. Oh, for sure. And um. Also, on a special note, if you were impressed with her outfit, uh, she does. She makes her own clothes. <laughs> she makes her own ring gear, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. So, um, but I mean, yeah, oh, I, think she had, I think she had an impression show, and I'm glad that they gave her somewhat of an Iron Woman, you know, um, role in the match. You know, so I mean, you just knew that no one from NXT was going to win that this year. Yeah, um, shout out to Montez Ford too, to uh, saying my better half uh, when mm-hmm. they were doing their. Uh, when they were doing their little uh, weekend update sort of thing, I love I love that between the two of them. That, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, they haven't done a bad one yet. They've taken the crap that's inside the ring and tried to make it funny. <laughs> 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 and kudos to them, and yeah, kudos to uh, Montez for uh, shouting out his wife during uh, right before the men's Royal Rumble because he definitely gave her her flowers for the world to see. Yeah, so I think that was the the the, the, the one thing I was super impressed with. Um, um, low key, I was in, I, I was super happy to see Naomi back with natural hair. Yeah, um, I can't tell yeah. you how, how much that made me feel inside. That tells me that um, she also has got an ear to the ground in terms of you know where we're at culturally in in this industry, and you know, saying she, that's a decision that she make. You know, especially yeah. for especially for a black woman, like you'll never know how much of a decision that it is to you know saying to rock natural hair. You know, sitting in front of people and just make that change like that. So, um, kudos to her. A, she a, yeah, she got an incredible pop when her music dropped. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she came out and started doing her thing too. So she she is a star, and people miss her. And that's another uh, other thing that that company doesn't realize. Like she's almost like the female Dolph Ziggler. You know, they she never she should have had the two championship runs. I mean, she she won both of those battle royales, and it didn't equate to shit. Right. Which which makes no sense, but I mean, you know, we we've seen the mishandling, especially with uh, especially with uh, within the women's division, especially with minorities. We've seen the mishandling of the booking several times. Um, so yeah. this like you know, a lot of people got a chance to get out there and represent themselves. I was super happy to see Zia Lee. Yeah, show up. She came out and she was doing her thing too. Yeah, and. Uh, 
I mean, it was, it was overall, it was, a, it was a really good show. I mean, I don't remember being this. It was a much needed, pleasant distraction. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I feel like for, for myself, even, you know, saying what I did see, you know, my expectations yeah. were set low. Yeah. And we, and we talked about it because I said I was the only one that was excited about kind of like the men's lineup and, you know, the possibilities. And they did some really good storytelling in that fucking that men's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some real, and I, I called most of the action, as my wife can attest to. I said, watch, Ricochet is going to come in. He's going to get his revenge for Monday night. And then McIntyre is going to look like a god amongst monsters. Turn him over. And it happened nearly <laughs> a minute later, uh, later, and we got it. So I was like, all right. But and they did some really good storytelling in it. Um, now we can kind of go ahead. Testament to the storytelling. Yeah. And only Rod and Ray can really tell you what this accomplishment is. My wife watched the entire thing. I was worried that when I called out that Seth was number 30, I thought you guys were going to turn it off. No. No, 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 no. Because there was, I, 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 had, I was saying you guys were on the fence because, no, this isn't the theatrics. He isn't going to have a mic to come and talk. It's all about the action. Tonight, we'll be there. you can go ahead and skip over, and then we'll let you know when it's time to turn it back on. Yeah. No, and, no, and quite honestly, let's put let's bring that to the let's bring that to light. Um, we're not really happy with this Monday Night Messiah uh, whole persona and everything like that. As God fearing Christians and practicing, um, it just it's not a good look. And then you go ahead. You know, it's one thing if you're gonna use it as a quick storyline, but now you're making t-shirts with the stained glass, which is an image. You understand that you've owned the, the whole, I mean, the whole thing with the CrossFit Jesus. I even made my character, the 2K, a couple 2Ks ago when I did try it when it was free. Um, you know, I mess around with it. It's not a big deal, but it, it, like you said, now that you look at it and it's like the commentary is getting, it's kind of getting cloudy with it. It's like, nah. I didn't feel as badly about the CrossFit G. That was more nickname given. Yeah, I mean that was that was that was more fun. But this one is like the T-shirt kind of elicited the same reaction that you gave the week prior. You know when you brought it up in the group text, and I was like, when I saw the T-shirt, I was like, dude, everybody knows like the stained glass pictures. Is yeah, yeah well, calling calling his group disciples. It's like, yeah, it's one of those things where had. And again, this is where information can be a detriment. Had I not known he was not a boom, and openly so in that regard, it would not bother me as much as it does. Knowing that he is not a boom is just like, okay. So this is just a, this is just a throwaway gimmick for him. It, it's of no cost to him. Yeah. Or it's like mockery. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, say like, it, I don't know, and big fact that I don't know. You know, it's like uh, a curse upon your coffee shop. <laughs> right. I get it, get it. It's you know, in so many ways, it's theater, and it's probably far more this kind of shit going on that I need to know of. Um, yep. It's just you know, I was you know last night I was happy to kind of just went along with it, and mainly because it was evident there was a bigger story to be told. Correct. You know, which 
I, I definitely felt from a story perspective on just the men's Royal Rumble, not as much the women's Royal Rumble, but with the men's Royal Rumble, this is one of the best tell stories. Yes. Done in some time. They circled, and you can, I'm going to go as far as saying that this was a Paul Heyman men's Royal Rumble. Oh, you guarantee that. You guarantee. You guarantee. He, there was not the only and now as as we kind of segue into the bad the only thing I would say that I didn't like like you said Mustafa Ali deserved to be in that Rumble Cedric Alexander deserved to be in that Rumble it was, I would have taken out the fucking OC I mean you don't need tag teams in there okay you don't. okay I mean AJ Styles hey, and, and, Jessica, and, and you AJ, also don't need you don't you also didn't need anybody doing double duty either. Right. I mean, you got the talent in the in that room. I mean, Buddy Murphy could have been in it. Him and Aleister Black have had a fantastic run the past few. But I mean, you didn't need Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows in it. Okay. Unless this is their going away show now, and now they're going to be out for the next few months. But I mean, it didn't. You took away from good wrestlers that could have gotten out there. And even if they had gone out there in, in the squash with, with the Brock and stuff like that, like, at least they got a chance to be in this opportunity because you know damn well Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, you're not going to be on the fucking WrestleMania card. But they'll definitely be used in the, the super, star, uh, super Showdown that was already advertised in Saudi Arabia at the end of uh, February. You already know that's going to happen because there's going to be people that don't want to be associated with it and there's going to be people that are there collect the bag. And you know what? They're... At this point, you, you'd be horrible. You'd be horrified to think that these guys are going to end up being enhancement talent for the guys that they continuously try to put over. But like you said, this was very, very good. Um, it was like I was back and forth because it's like, okay, the OC uh, they got eliminated because then you know. But it's like if you're going to put anything, you don't put one of the Viking Raiders in there. You don't put any other uh, Adam Cole in it. You know, I mean, you had you had your opportunity to put in some other stuff. Hey, the women's did it. The women's match was it was good until, and it, we'll, we'll touch base on it when we because uh, that's a part of my ugly speech. But I mean, it was it was okay. It was tough to watch the Becky, uh, the, the the Bailey, Bailey, and um, why can't I remember Lacey Evans? Because that came that, that came right after the women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, and and that's unfortunate because they really went at it. They really went. At, they gave it all. They gave it the all, and unfortunately, it, it was in a dead spot. Just like we we talked about with uh, Survivor Series, there was a dead match like that. It's like, eh, well, you know, there's not much you can do when it's no. Royal Rumble. It's going to be bookended, you know. Well, yeah, and we can get into the women's match when we get there. It's, it's yeah, but I mean, yeah, we can nitpick the men's match. I mean, because yeah, you could definitely pick some opportunities that were. Uh, with, with, with the way that the TV has been going, with the OC prominently shown, I I get why Paul Heyman put him in there, because you had it with you knew that Seth Rollins was going to come out with his guys. You knew that I mean, you knew instantly that it was. I thought it was really cool when they when they uh, put uh, Shelton and Brock in there for a second. And they had everybody swerve for a second until Brock. <laughs> Throw them out, yeah. um, but I, I was like, you saw the, the glimpse of maybe Edge and uh, Randy Orton, which was really cool. 
I, I, I get it, but it's like, eh, it's cool. I, I, if I'm nitpicking, I mean, that's the smallest thing to complain to head. I thought it was, I thought it was outstanding. You had me cheering for McIntyre winning because I said this was going to be his, this was going to be him. He was going to win this this year. It's, and it's, it's good. But, um, yeah, good. Well, no, you guys got what, what did you see that was maybe bad? I mean, Rod, I know that you didn't fully see it, but I know you saw some things that were like kind of head shaking. Well, you know, the bad stuff is not going to get posted. Yeah. Um, the weird stuff would get posted, like Rock Duster dancing to MVP music. That was dope. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Brock was saying, "Who the fuck is this mother? Uh, who this motherfucker?" When Keith Lee came out, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, there are reports that Lee was fighting. Who was fighting? Not oh Strowman. That uh, him and him and Riddle were supposed to switch places in that spot. Oh okay, but that would have been a stronger stronger moment and possibly setting up something for Lee and Riddle in NXT had they did that, but I get why they did that, whatever. Um, and then there, there was supposedly a, a backstage. Yeah, and that's why it got switched, between. because Brock basically said, I don't want You gotta admit, it was kind of awkward, you know, that as soon as Brock got eliminated, Matt Riddle came out. <laughs> so it's like, eh, come on now. But, I just noticed that he has a, a tattoo of a mushroom on the left side. Yeah. That was weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have much beef with the men at all. I mean, I, I admit it's mostly nitpicking. Um, I, I, I am starting, and this is probably me looking way too much into things, starting to have a problem with uh, rock little jigs when black people are in front of him. Okay. Um, cause he did it with Kofi with the boom box. Um, and he's, you know, did little groovy thing that he did with, you know, um, MVP. I'm going to take it as coincidence and move on. Hopefully. Um, I, I, if there was a major point I would bring up that I've had beef with, I think they could have done more with Kofi. I was hoping that they would give him a little bit more, um, have him. You know, continuously try to put Brock over the top and just not be able to do it before he ultimately got sent over. At least they gave him more than eight seconds to be the ring. True. True. But don't go. Right. <laughs> you know, they gave him a moment, you know, where, you know, three of them, you know, were able to get the, you know, Brock wobbly and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I, I just felt, you know, that was an opportunity missed. Other than that, anything else that I'd say about the men's rumble would be nitpicky at this point. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm kind of over, I'm kind of over formulated sentence that include the words Kofi Kingston and at least. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's frustrating to the point where wherever Kofi is in his career, like, he's always just going to do WWE until it's done. Correct. Um, and we can't want more respect for somebody than they want for themselves. Yeah, very well said. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. Like, it's never going to happen. So, God. I'm off the train. Um, 
Um, another great thing with the pay-per-view, that that Fiend versus Brian match. That was fucking awesome to me. I mean, yeah. it both of them look strong, but the Fiend looks the Fiend is the new Undertaker, man, which is accepted. That's, just, yeah. that's the way he's being booked. I, we'll see. We'll see if they start uh, a new a new streak with the Fiend at WrestleMania now. It'll be interesting because I definitely think they're gonna have him choose Roman next because it makes sense. Um, and see if they don't switch off, you know, with the belt at WrestleMania with him. That would be interesting, but I would like to see them continue on. I just don't know at what point they're going to be like, all right, he's held the belt long enough. We can't not have the entire roster look weak against him. Yeah, it's, I think at some point you're, you're going to have to. There's got to be an answer to the question eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, if, I, if I was to book it, I would never have the Fiend lose a one-on-one match, but I would definitely have him lose any more man matches. Like, or the only time that he loses is a multi-man match. Or you can have it the same way that Finn Balor is booked as the Demon. The Fiend is undefeated, but Bray Wyatt can take a loss. You know, I mean, it's a it's a winning formula when it comes to because we know that the Demon is very much revered by McMahon and the Brooklyn, but he's never taken a loss. So, I mean, you can have it the same way where the Fiend ends up being this force. I mean, hey, if you want to circle back and do anything, every guy, you know, we've seen it, we've seen the coincidence, you know, the kind of the storyline that we've seen across social media where everybody that the Fiend has come into has kind of reverted back to a different form. Well, you beat the hell out of Finn Balor. It'd be nice to see Finn Balor resurface as the demon. Get a crack at the feed. Like I said, I, I, I like the idea of the idea that Finn Balor just has no recollection of that. <laughs> and that some way, somehow, in the booking, the demon does the bidding of Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor having no idea what's going on. That will, that's, That is... If that comes true, I will pay you myself. <laughs> because that that's that's outside the box thinking, you know? That's something that grabs the attention of the, the casual and the, the hardcore fans because, like, oh, shit, that, that'd be cool. Because, I mean, at one point we had hoped that, hey, maybe Liv Morgan or Nikki, like a Sister Abigail. Yeah, we Sister Abigail. We're never going to get Sister Abigail. We want Sister Abigail. We're never going to get it. We, yeah, we're not going to get it. But uh, in terms of the ugly, you wasted a spot in the late 20s on, was it Santina? Or whatever Santina. it was. Yeah. Santina Morella? Yeah. Who came out and didn't want any smoke with the women, put on the, the little Viper and eliminated himself. That's a spot that you could have gave to another deserving female wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, the Super Holly. 
another spot you could have gave to somebody else. Beth Phoenix, I'm okay with. Because Beth Phoenix, even though she was split open in the back of the head, she was still doing her thing. Yep. You know? When they kept trying to get her out of there, so they kept asking her, like, let's go, let's get you out. She's like, nah, fam. Wow, she wanted her moment, and rightfully so. She she put on a good show. I hope she's okay. Um, Same way that we hope that, you know, when Kyrie Sane went through a table, not too long ago, a table's lighter than chairs. I mean, you hope you... You wish the best for them. But as again, you could have had two spots that could have gone to deserving wrestlers. Why not throw a, a real... Well, I understand, you, like you're saying with the double duty. Well, you know what? They, they wrestled last night. Rhea Ripley could have been in there to further on a feud with another current NXT star. Uh, you, just had, you just had more options. You had more options than... And it's just a shame, especially with what Becky just said about getting rid of that. You come out with a gimmick towards the end of the Royal Rumble and had everybody scratching their fucking head like, what? And that's the point that I want to bring up. After Becky's comment, they had that happen. Yeah. And Kelly Kelly come out. Kelly Kelly is the epitome of that whole, in my opinion. That whole attitude era, kind of, that type of, that stereotype of how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, we move past that. We saw Bianca Belair just eliminate, what, eight, nine women? Eight women. Eight women? Eight women, 33, 33 minutes. Yeah, I mean, and we're not talking about that. It's just a bit. And then the overall result. Correct. Why? I get it. But fuck, why? Again, you're going to have it again. Are you just changing places? And shout out to Ronda Rousey for trolling everybody with that, that Instagram post. That she said, Did you really think I was coming back? <laughs> it's like, it's, I, I thought it was funny. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good post because, I mean, everybody was convinced that she was coming out at the. started in that spot, I knew Ronda wasn't coming back. Because if Ronda was coming back, that's the last that would have been a main event, just in my opinion, just because of how big that would have been. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But it was just it's just I'll say it once, and I'll say it again. I'm tired of Charlotte. Yeah. And so is Sonya. She just said yeah, yeah, I, I, I think rest, the wrestling community would agree with us. I was like, enough, enough already. You could, you could have had, yeah, you could have had Shayna, yep. which would send up a phenomenal. Well, it, I mean, you got submission, submission versus submission. You only, you could have set up a match where the winner only wins by submission. Correct. Which would have been phenomenal, but you can't, you can't have that. You got, you got to put. Charlotte, who's going to sit here tonight and tease it, who she's going to go after. Hey, we already fucking know, man. What would be a dope-ass word is challenge Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. That would be cool. I'd be, I'd be all for that. Have Rhea Ripley come out as she's getting ready to make her decision and pop her in the mouth and say, choose me, bitch. <laughs> 
Oi! <laughs> the cipher keep coming out and just torturing her. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can. You can. You can. You can, you can in, in the one. In the one of four more pay per views that we're gonna have before WrestleMania, you can have that match. Because it would only do nothing but help us be more interested in seeing um, uh, Charlotte wrestle at WrestleMania. Because right now, I don't think anybody's feeling it. Right now, we're, we're are we convinced that it's Brock versus Drew for the the main event? Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. At this point, there's unless somehow, some way, you know, Ronda pops up. Well, see, that's my question. That's that's my question. Okay. Do we do we see the winners of the the Royal Rumble actually making it to WrestleMania in their respective divisions for titles? They don't. They don't, they don't fucking do. It. They don't do it with the money in the bank. Why would they make it happen? I, I this one, it's going to be tougher. I but I if if you see anybody getting screwed, it would be McIntyre. I would say the Charlotte Flair has a golden ticket straight to fucking to uh, Wonka's fucking chocolate factory. But I, it, it's it's. I would love to see the Brock and McIntyre because this. I feel like. We felt Drew McIntyre deserved to win the Royal Rumble. We want to see Drew McIntyre do something. I'm just afraid that we're going to want it too much. <laughs> that they're going to find understand. a way. That they're going to find a way to take away from us. Either that, or it's going to be like a fucking squash match, and we're going to be left disappointed. Here's the thing: we were pressing, we were pressing our luck with Daniel Bryan. They gave us Daniel Bryan, and they, they sit on us for like the next three years. Then they, then we found ourselves wanting it so bad for Kofi Kingston. They gave us Kofi Kingston, but they, they always want the receipt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's uh, let's think about it in in terms of who's going to be a creative force when it comes to this, because the XFL starts in two weeks. And it's going to be leading into media, correct? Or right afterwards? No, so attention is going to be split. Hopefully. You can only pray that it's, it's split the right way. All right. We already know that Smack Super, Super Showdown is going to be a, a throwaway. What's the one after that? Fastlane? Oh, Elimination. Elimination Chambers in uh, March, right? So and we know okay. So we know that next month pay per view is going to be a throwaway. So you can do whatever you want from there, but you're going to have to make it interesting with the chase. We know Paul Heyman's going to be featured prominently over the next month or so. So it's going to be interesting. But you, I think this point I'm going to lower my expectations, so that way I can be pleasantly surprised if something happens that's agreeable to everyone in this podcast. Well, let's look at this. Oh, they're going to Saudi next month too. Don't forget that. That's what I said. That they're going. That's they've already advertised it during the show. They don't have anything. I don't think they have anything else going. It's just a super showdown. I think it's on the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. It's on February 27th. On the 27th. So the okay. Uh, Elimination Chamber is on the 16th of February. Oh, it is. Okay. No, no, no. 16th of February is Portland Takeover. Um, Elimination Chamber is the eighth of March. 
I'm looking them up right now. And then, um, then you have your takeover and WrestleMania weekend, the first one. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah, we have Portland. We have the Portland takeover, and that's on the 16th showdown. Elimination Chamber is March 8th. Correct. And then they have the Hall of Fame on April 2nd. Yeah. And then the takeover on the 4th, and then the WrestleMania. It'll be interesting, but it'll be. I think I'm more intrigued on seeing who the uh, who the Hall of Fame class is going to be this year. I will say this: if there's going to be a change, I think a. I think we're getting Baszler versus Becky at WrestleMania. Okay. I think Charlotte is going to go after whoever. SmackDown champion. And I don't think it's going to be Bailey. Okay. I think Bailey loses that belt before WrestleMania. Who do you think takes it from her? I have no clue. Um I just feel that Bailey and it, I think it was proven last Bailey's not a champion that's a draw in any way, shape, or form. In this current form that she has right now. Um, the chopped and screwed uh, rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's currently not a matchup on the SmackDown side that I can think of that would get anyone excited for a Mania match from a women's perspective. Um, I think they could easily do like Sasha versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Um. I mean, yes, there could be somebody new that comes about it, too. I just think the, the Shayna-Becky situation is just, how do I say that? That's, it's a story that writes itself. It's been written starting in Survivor Series, so. Yep. So that works there, especially if Ronda's not going to. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I see... I mean, I like the Rhea, Rhea Ripley thing, but I just don't see it based on the fact that they're going to have to have that kind of match for a title um, at TakeOver Weekend for that. But I see uh, The Fiend versus Roman, Drew versus Brock, Edge versus Orton. Those are just the ones that make sense. I mean, down the line, you're just making up stuff from there. You know, are they still doing those stupid, like, battle royals during the pre-show? I would assume so, because they've done it the last two, right? So, you got those. I would assume there'd be some big multi-team match, um, just to get all the tag teams in there. You got your U.S. and your um, internet intercontinental title. You know, that could be whatever. I I mean, I would say half the card's probably ready based on what we saw last night and what we're going to see tonight. Um, but everything else is up to the air. And to be frank with you, there's nothing else on that other half of the card that I'd be excited about. And be frank, I mean, the tag team division haven't really produced anything recently that has gotten us up in arms. 
if I can say that. I mean, no. I, guess I guess there'll be a match where Seth is against somebody, but who knows or cares who that could be? <laughs> I mean, you know, he might be in a multi a multi person match his damn self, you know, where it'd be like hit group against somebody else or something like that. You know, I don't know, but I feel like the rest, the top of the card is kind of like put into place based on what we saw last night. Um, I don't think they give. Charlotte that shine without committing to her, at least in the match. I don't know if they give her the belt. She doesn't need the belt. But she definitely gets the match. Um, but right now, main event is definitely, unless, you know, again, you know, somebody comes from out of nowhere. Um, you know, like a Brock, I mean, like a Rock or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see Drew and... Um, Brock as main event of Mania. And that's how I feel about it. I mean, I'm just like, you know, and, you know, last year we had some intriguing, you know, prospects for matches, and this year we just don't, we just don't have that option. Yeah, we're not talking about anything for Gerard. We're not talking about anything involving Kevin Owens. We're not talking about anything. Um, like somebody, I still see some somewhere between Oscar, Sasha Banks, or Shayna Baszler being the odd person out. Uh, Oscar looks okay because they have the belts right now, but anything can happen between then and now. Yeah, and that's you know that's another throwaway belt situation. Like the women's tag team belts. They could form some women's tag teams and make a situation out of that just to keep the women busy. And I hate to say it like that, but that's literally how they did it last year. Do it this year. Mm-hmm. Like, where the fuck are their iconics? Like, <laughs> living right. their best life right now. I was just like, that's the, the question I raised. Like, Sasha. My personal opinion is that she found out she wasn't winning. Or she found out how it was going to be booked and was like, nah, fam, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't believe she was hurt. I think she was just setting up like some kind of big return. and But she didn't win anyway. It was like, nah, I can sit at home and, and enjoy that. Because normally when she's hurt, she'll tell everybody, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it, blah, blah, blah. This right. She's she throwing straight subliminals all over the place. Um, But the Iconics were the one that like popped to me like, Damn, you, we haven't seen them in like what four or five months, <laughs> and there's no reason for it whatsoever. So it's just weird. Um, yeah, I got. I don't know. I think I'm looking more forward to as I always do the Raw after um, Mania, because that's when that that real fun shit happens. But I could be proven wrong. Last year's Mania kind of worked out, but yeah, this year there's just no stories leading up to it. That they're intriguing matchups. But there are no stories that are entertaining to me. I guess that's the way I put it. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we're gonna see is like an Brock versus um, Drew. It's an intriguing matchup. Do we know who would win? No, because it depends on how much pull you know Brock decides to put in before that match happens. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's just reality. I will say this, and people need to give credit where credit's due, regardless how they feel. 
Brock earned his paycheck last night. Oh, for sure. No, I, I mean, because a lot of people give Brock shit about, you know, wrestling, all this kind of shit. And I'm not saying that the fact that he was in there for 20-something minutes earned his paycheck. The fact of how they booked that and how well it worked could only work with Brock. And had people at least up until the point he was eliminated thinking he could go all the way through. Yeah. And when he took out when he took out when they gave all of us the image of him taking out Braun and Keith, I think at that point you thought, Oh shit, he could actually win this. Yeah. And that was and that was brilliant by design. Um yeah. <laughs> he, he was selling for people. I mean he no told a couple people. But I mean he was he, the way he told the Sheldon situation. That was great. You know, they like they people need to get off Brock's ass about the paycheck that he gets. Cause comparatively, he's earning his check. That's he's earning that Cena money and that's why. Whatever. Hello? Yeah, we're here. We're here. <laughs> I'm here. Marty School. Marty Scroll is still the rest of the week. It's going to stay that way. (laughs) (laughs) The cat is just making moves behind the scenes that is just amazing. I mean, every, and I think we could all agree, everything that's happening from TN, from from the NWA to ROH to New Japan all seems to be connected right now. And Marty Scroll is that reason. So until he has a bad moment, which we pray that he doesn't, he's wrestler week in my mind because he's making twenty twenty very interesting outside of WWE and AEW. Yeah, he is one guy. One guy. So you'll see uh, Villa Enterprises um, on NWA Power this week. He brought a friend with him. He brought a friend with him to the TV taping, so the the crossovers have already begun, and it looks like they're playing the long game in terms of him uh, challenging Nick Aldis for the uh, for the NWA title, which is telling me that he's going to get that he's going to get that belt. And I, I agree. And it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to make Marty Sproul a world champion. So probably your WrestleMania moment outside of. WrestleMania itself outside of the WWE is probably going to be that. Because that, that super card that they're putting together is starting to to look pretty pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. We'll, we'll, see, how, we'll, we'll see how good it is when you when you book an airplane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was so adamant of not going, but like now it's just like... Uh, but I do think that um, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll see. I'll see what I can do. But I think we might have a correspondent on the ground anyway. So Ooh. we'll see. That's a, tease. That's a tease. 
we'll see how it works out. You know, it's time for the brand. It's time for the brand to start branching out. Okay. So I got a little rollout plan. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> well, follow us on the Twitters at We Are the Wise Men. On Instagram at Wise Men Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Wise Men Wrestling Podcast. Find us wherever you do podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, however you listen to podcasts. Google, Spotify, Anchor, Audio Mag, Stitcher. I'm missing five, but that's Apple. Right. <laughs> All courtesy of Anchor.fm. Yeah, the, the Anchor, I mean, the, uh, the Android user casually forgets to mention that Apple has. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Discord once again for holding this down. Shout out to Broadcaster Pro. Shout out to Craig. Shout out to Craig. <laughs> 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 and as always, just remember to keep in mind that this, this podcast is and always for the culture. Just a reminder that your attention is currency, that you pay, that you vote with your dollars, and even if you are a mark, <laughs> that's not funny. But even if you are a mark, <laughs> make sure you make a positive mark on his life. Make sure you make a positive mark on his life while you still have it. Amen. Good night, everybody. Good night.